Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price-dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Ray, the expectation was that Joe Burrow was going to go to Cincinnati. Where do you have him right now in your super flex rankings? And is it any different than it was 10 minutes ago? No, he, I, I love Joe Burrow and, and, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, happy for the Bengals. I, I you know, I, I feel for Bengals fans. I actually do. Um, you know, he, for me, he's, he's a QB one in a super flex easy. I would be willing to draft him in very early second, third round, depending on kind of how the, you know, scoring for that standard super flex. I like Joe Burrow a lot. Um, I liked him. You know, I told Mike at the beginning of the, you know, the end of last year, I'm like, Joe Burrow might be a first round pick. And then it was, you know, a couple weeks into the season after the Texas game, I was like, Joe Burrow's a lock for a first round pick. And then after Alabama, I'm like, he's locked for the number one overall pick. He's just, I, I don't, I know he had a lot of weapons at LSU. Um, I, I think he's going to have a lot of success in the NFL. I, I agree with Dan. I think they just need to protect them because, you know, outside, you know, even John Ross, John Ross, you know, his flash, some, you know, dynamic playmaking, you know, if it, it, I, I, you know, the one surprise pick I could see them possibly making in the early second round is going after Cole Komet, you know, to get a, a rival tight end to replace Tyler Eifert. And that's funny. They brought uh, Cole Komet up because during our pre-show, we, we were going through some over-unders and some listener questions and somebody asked, is Cole Komet a first round pick? You don't see him going in the first round. I, I don't see him going in the first round, but this this is actually one of the disagreements Mike and I had had. I like this tight end class a little bit better than other people. I, I don't, and it's not from from a fantasy perspective. I'm booing you right now, Ray. I don't know if you can see me on the video, but I'm booing you. <laughs> yeah, I, can, I can see you. It's okay. He's ignoring I, you, John. I, Most people do. That's, that's that's me just going out on the limb a little bit with because everyone. Usually when everyone hates something, I'm going to find something to like about it so I can figure it out. But, you know, I think Komet is, is going to be a nice little, um, you know, a weapon for whoever he goes to because he could do everything. I think he's a better football player than he is fantasy football player. All right. So, Mitch, every once in a while, he gets – he likes to be the contrarian, and he's very hot takey at times. And it's sometimes people might call him a troll, and I think that's accurate. You would agree with that, Mitch, right? Oh, completely. Yeah, that's like my whole skill set is going on Twitter and just making a comment then seeing what happens with it. So, Ray, <laughs> my question for you, Mitch was all about Tua should actually go before Joe Burrow in the NFL draft. How, what, would your, what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you think there was that, that was in, you know, just a hot take, or do you think there was any merit behind that? You know, I, I mean, the the thing with Tua is, you know, and and I, I think Mike did, Mike disappeared on us, but no, he's back. He's back. Like long, he, all right, good to have him back. We, oh, we have he's gone again. Talk, he's gone. Just want to hear you. Now you see. Now you see what I have to deal with all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah. You you know, I, I mean, if this was twelve months ago, we were talking about Tua being a lock for the number one overall pick. We, you know. If, if everyone, if you're comfortable with his medicals, then there should be no issue at all. You know, I mean, and nothing else has changed. He was left-handed 12 months ago. He was somewhat orthodox of a quarterback 12 months ago. Like, none of that changed. It's just if you're worried about the hip, then, or any of his other injuries, 
I get that, but I mean, I still like to a lot. You know, I got I got hammered on Twitter the other day because I said I'm just a little concerned about his Wonderlick score, and people are blowing up at me like it doesn't matter. But you know, it does matter if you quarterback doesn't know how to read a defense. But I like to, and I, I don't think I think it's probably only a hot take because we all said we all knew Joe Burrow was going number one. But you know, again, a year ago, this everyone you know this is the same thing. Next year it's Trevor Lawrence, right? If Trevor Lawrence ends up not going number one next year, what are we going to be? You know, it'd be the same type of conversation. Right. And Ray, you brought up the Wonderlick score, and that's obviously a hot topic, especially on Twitter. Mike, it, it sounds like you're, it looks like you're back here. How's your sound? Any better? Well, that's what I wanted to say. I tried oh, to hurt Oh, wow. beautiful. Awesome. <laughs> okay. So we talk about Wonderlick. And last year, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when I had you on, we talked about like, combine results for quarterbacks and your big thing and again correct me if i'm wrong i think it was about arm strength right or, or yeah, uh, so, uh, uh, vo- velocity right so a lot of people discount velocity they don't think it really means much and i don't i don't think that the quarterback necessarily has to throw 60 miles per hour it's not so much you know the higher the better as much as it's there's sort of like a, a benchmark that I'm looking for in the, in the mid fifties and quarterbacks that don't throw in the mid fifties have to be able to do something else uh, to be successful in the NFL. Uh, for example, quick, Lamar Jackson was, was Dwayne Haskins a quarterback that came in under the threshold? Oh, I want to say he was 52, but that's off the top of my head. I think he was, a little bit under the threshold, as a matter of fact. Because and, I, and think, Jackson, I think I remember you saying he was a, he concerned you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to say he was at 52, which is a little bit concerning. I'm looking for – I want to see 55. 54 is passable. Um, Haskins, came in at Haskins was 52, years. both left and right. Okay, yep. Wow, that's a good memory then. Yeah, I guess it was 52. It's <laughs> <That's> pretty good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm looking for 55 or more just because – Arm strength certainly isn't everything. I get that, but it is something that's necessary. You have to be able to throw into tight windows in the NFL. And Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson make a lot of plays, you know, with their legs. And Watson having DeAndre Hopkins there, you know, up to this point, I think probably helped him too because he was able to go up and get a lot of 50-50 balls. Redskins pick is in. Yep, it's Chase Young. Here, real quick, Mike. So, um, you know, so how important is Wonderlick? So we talk about arm, you know, uh, ball velocity whenever the quarterback throws the ball. Do you consider Wonderlick important at all? It has its place. So the most important thing for quarterbacks is they have to be able to make decisions quickly. And to some extent, the Wonderlick measures that because it's timed. You only have 12 minutes. Um, but you know, in another regard, I guess you don't have to compare uh, calf to, you know, cow or whatever, <laughs> you know, on the field. You you have to just be able to make quick decisions, go through your progressions and and make the right play. Um, so it's a little bit concerning when you see 12, 13 from a quarterback. You'd like to see, you know, at least 20. And I think Ray actually went through and looked at the history of successful quarterbacks over the last 30 years. And I believe there were only two of them that scored under, I don't remember what his number was, but I think it was like 
under 15 or something like that. So it's a little bit concerning, but again, it's more about decision-making. The, the average score for Super Bowl winning quarterbacks is over 30. Wow. The fact that you even know that, Ray, this is why I will not do a rookie draft before the NFL draft <laughs> with you two. I won't do it. We, you know, every, everyone else was out in high school going to parties. We were studying draft guys <laughs> for, for two years out of the way. No, you two casually in the group chat. Oh, if you guys want to, we could do the, the rookie draft before the NFL draft. Instantly, I was like, hell no. <laughs> Not hey, you doing it. What you're doing. We had that one draft. We had a startup draft with rookies included, and your team is a powerhouse. It is, and I don't like to brag about it. Mitch knows that. I, I'm not one to brag about my teams and championships. <laughs> no, I, I didn't get a whole bunch of like pictures that, of it through GroupMe or anything. No, and I, <laughs> I, I don't want to say that I made the championship game two years running in Weekend Warriors 11, but I did. And <laughs> you know, I, uh, the other John, he beat me both years, but I didn't take a rookie in that draft. I'm sure you don't remember, but I did not take one rookie. And I just, I, I didn't feel comfortable. I wasn't educated and I, I just wasn't going to go down that rabbit hole. Mitch, your lines are up. They are. They, they better up, trade this. They how better upset trade are you going to be if they don't trade back? I honestly will not be a fan of them for the next year. It's been, you know, 30 years that I've been right. a fan of them, but what I will. Gonna, what are they going to do if Mitch Sorensen denies his fandom hey, for a year? There's only 10 fans total in the whole nation. And they're <laughs> the ones who saw Barry Sanders. They're like, hey, I'm going to stick with them. But we're to the point now to where everyone else has already jumped off that bandwagon, and I'm about to because there's no bandwagon anymore. There's just like a tire left, and that's it. <laughs> well, here, so I, I said whenever the uh, the lions are on the clock, Mitch's face is just going to be big here. Well, not and... the whole time. Oh, they well, picked. Okay, so yeah, I can't be a fan anymore. Okay, well, don't tell us because I'm behind. Yeah, it, it doesn't say who it is. It just says the pick's in. And actually, uh, because it's your team, I'm going to let you announce it so you can, you can release this information right. early to us ESPN streamers. I'll be honest. I hope it's Derek Brown. If they do actually make the pick, I hope it's Derek Brown and not Okuda. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It, I, it's probably going to be here for like five minutes before they actually announce who it is. Yeah. I still can't believe you're a Lions fan, like you voluntarily, because you're, you're not from Detroit. No, it was Barry Sanders, man. You saw him run. I'm sure it was certain, like some Thanksgiving game when I was like eight years old. I saw Barry Sanders. I'm like, okay, that's my team. And that's how I stuck with them. So, and we talked about this, Scott Mitchell, Herman Moore, Brett Perryman. Like I love playing mm -hmm. with those teams on Madden, on Sega yep. back in the day. Is the pick in on your end? It just says picks in. I mean, we could be five minutes out. Oh, maybe. I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm waiting for you to break the news to me. This anyway, is taking way too long. Yeah, you, I can't look at your face <laughs> this anymore. This is like extremely awkward. I can't look at you. Oh, Ray got bounced. He's back in. Ray's back. That's good. Ray, Ray's back. Ray, what's going on over there, man? You keep bouncing and coming back. Well, Ray left. He doesn't care what the pick is. Yeah. All right. Mitch, who is it? Oh, uh, they got a Cuda, which is fine, but... They still should have traded it. Maybe they just weren't getting anything of, you know, value. Hey, we're in startup drafts. You could always trade back. There's always one team that's willing to do it. No, it's the team. It's the team that says, "I'll give you my fourth round pick in a second for your 103. Sometimes you gotta take it. You just yeah, say, "Hey, I was able to trade back." 
and somehow they see that as fair. Uh, Mike, you there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. All right. So the Giants are on the clock. There were, and I would call this a smokescreen, there were people <laughs> saying, oh, they, they talked to Justin Herbert. They love the kid. Do you think there's any merit to that? No way. No, I really don't think so. Daniel, you know, Daniel Jones played pretty well last year, you know, aside from maybe fumbling 78 times. Um, but he was a rookie. I think that, you know, defense makes a lot of sense for them. If it were me personally, I would take a tackle here. Obviously, you know, just like Mitch said, the Lions and Giants are really in good spots to trade down. If there's someone willing to move up and take one of these quarterbacks, ideally, you know, you move down a few spots, pick up an extra pick, and you take a tackle, in my opinion. But I'm not going to knock them at all if this is Simmons or Derek Brown. Um, you, you can't go wrong. Yeah. Dan, you're quiet over there. And I know it's because the Giants, they're, they're in your division. You're a beloved Cowboys fan. What do you want to see? As a fan of the Cowboys, what do you want to see them do? And what do you actually expect them to do? I'm already a little worried now that Chase Young's in the NFC East. That's a nice addition there for the for the Redskins. Although they I didn't still even have, think about that actually. They still need some other weapons on offense to, to help that team out there. But for the Giants, you know, I, I think you know the guys are saying, you know, they're a team that trade back a little bit would be the wise thing to do because I think they could they need to bolster their offensive line and they could do that by letting uh, the Chargers maybe bump up if they want to get that franchise quarterback. Uh you know, so I see him getting offensive line. They definitely need the help there. And they got a lot of offensive weapons. So I think everybody who has Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram and Danny Dimes, they're, they're, they're hoping for some offensive line protection right now. There were talks that, not maybe necessarily the fourth overall pick, but that they were interested in wide receivers in this class. I don't think they need one. I actually, I like Golden Tate a lot. I know he's 48 years old going on 75, but, you know, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, Evan Ingram, I know there were talks about trading him. Saquon Barkley could put up a hundred reception that offense. I, I don't think they need to go after, especially a deep ball threat because Daniel Jones doesn't excel in that area. Mitch, if you remember during our shows last off season, you preached the fact that Daniel Jones, he was really good in intermediate range. Yeah. I, I loved him. He, honestly, he reminded me so much of Eli Manning, but he had, he was somewhat athletic as we've seen, you know, he had, he was right up with Lamar with the most quarterback one games. I can't remember the exact stat anymore, but I think he actually had four quarterback one games this past. I season. think he had, he had four games where he had 30 points or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, Mike, like you said, he had a thousand fumbles last year. He has to fix that. <laughs> and hopefully they, they improve that offensive line to help that. Yeah. I think that's probably the safe way to go. And then just real quick, you know, you guys were talking about Washington. You look at that defensive line at this point. So you add Chase Young to Montez Sweat, you know, as the bookend edge rushers. And their interiors, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. It's four first-round picks. That's that's a really impressive defensive line. You know, I, mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. They have, they have some issues in offense still, but it's and impressive. And they still have Ryan Kerrigan, who's vastly underrated. Yep, right. And that's probably how the Redskins are going to attempt to win in the NFC East defense in a run game. You know, they, they've got a lot of, a little more depth now and at running back, you know, Adrian Peterson's the goat. He's never aging, I guess. Uh, you know, Geis, we all hope is healthy and could be well again. McKissick comes back as a pass catcher. 
Peyton Barber for a little more depth. They got offensive. They, they don't have the offensive weapons that Dallas, the Giants, even the Eagles have. So they have to win with defense in a run game. Mike, I have a goofy question here for you, and I'm filled with them. But you mentioned the Washington Redskins and all the first-round draft capital. You've seen the movie Anchorman, correct? Oh, yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> all right, so who wins in a first-round street fight? The Washington Redskins defense or the Atlanta Falcons offense? Because <laughs> it's all first-round players. It really is. You're right. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say defense. Good defense still beats good offense. I'll go with I'll go with Washington's defense. Mm. Okay, fair enough. But I could see like Matt Ryan pulling a switchblade out of his sock or something, or being like um, <laughs> Steve Carell with a pitchfork. It's like Matt killed a guy. Anyway, you know. Um, so the Giants here. This clock is ticking down. Is there any chance, uh, Ray? Do you think they trade down at all? They should, but it's Dave Gettleman, so. Who knows what the hell he's thinking right now? Right. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't trade down ever. Yeah, I, I mean the same thing. It doesn't make sense not to trade down right now, but I, I don't think that they will. I think that he's he likes his big beefy guys up front, and mm -hmm. I'd be shocked if it's not a tackle. I really think it's gonna be Tristan Wirfs. From everything that I've read and seen, that's what everybody's saying that they've been highest on so far. Dan, do you think so? I, I asked Mike earlier about Justin Herbert. Do you think that was strictly just to, you know, for the Dolphins and the Chargers back there right behind them, maybe they want to, you know, bump up to number four just in case? Do you think that's kind of what they were looking for? There's two teams needing a franchise quarterback. If there's someone there you really want, you are trying to get into that spot. And it would make sense for the Giants to do it. But is it all talk if, if, if there's not a if there's not two teams competing right now, if the Dolphins say, hey, the Chargers aren't going to be able to hop in front, we're okay, we're safe. Uh, you know, the price tag might not be might not be there. The Giants have to get a tackle. No matter what, they have to come out with their tackle. You know, maybe they're afraid that they lose the guy they want. Um, Cameron Fleming, they signed in the offseason. He was a swing tackle for Dallas. He is not a starting NFL tackle for 17 games. So they they have to get addressed the tackle position here. There's a few teams that in on the pre-show we talked about for selfish reasons, we were looking for certain moves to be made throughout the draft the Atlanta Falcons and the New York Giants because of the shares that I have in Daniel Jones, Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, um, you know, Saquon Barkley. I want to see both of those teams improve their offensive lines. So I hope that's the direction they go while we're waiting for this clock. It's ticking down. We're a minute and a half in or a minute and a half left. Mike, before you guys jumped on, I kind of gave you an introduction and I'm sure I did not do you enough justice. So I want you to kind of toot your own horn and talk about the accuracy of your draft boards. I think it was 2016 or 17. You were like top five. I, and I might've butchered that. Oh yeah. Well, no, uh, thanks. Uh, we've been, we've been pretty good um, with our accuracy for picking the top 100 players to go in the NFL draft. So the huddle report is a website and essentially they just take everybody's top 100 board. And they score them. If you're if you have a player that goes in the 100, it's a point. So at the end, you know, different boards get scored. You usually scores from like 70 to 85. So our website, NFL Rough Draft, is actually first right now in the five-year average. Um, we've won it a couple of times. Um, Real quick, and I I don't mean to interrupt you, but Mitch will tell you I interrupt everybody all the time. No, it's not. Who are the names that you're beating out? Because 
on paper, like you, you mentioned that that sounds really impressive, but I think it's going to sound even more impressive when you mention some of the names that you're, you're beating out. So again, keep tooting that horn. Yeah. So, I mean, we're up against Mel Kuyper's big board and da- Daniel Jeremiah. Um, Mike Mayock used to be a part of this, obviously. Um, you know, really everyone you could think of Todd McShay, uh, Todd McShay, actually, uh, Ray and I kind of, Ray's got a buddy who, who works over at ESPN and he was talking to Todd McShay about us and, you know, I, he knew who we, who we are and was asking who we know, um, to be so accurate every year. But, um, yeah, basically anyone you can think of is, uh, is, a part of this competition. So we've just kind of been a little bit lucky, but we put a lot of work into it. That that's absolutely incredible. And so I, I don't know, I don't know what you and Ray do for your day jobs, but when are we, we going to start seeing you during these live draft shows on ESPN? <laughs> you know, it's a hobby for us. Um, we don't really promote our site a lot. We've both got, you know, like you said, we've both got careers. We've both got, wives and daughters and you know so it, it it's kind of cool because you know we had a beat writer a big beat writer um from espn.com um who works with an nfl team and he sent us a message after the combine that said he was talking a player agent who was telling him about our website and how accurate we are so you know when we hear stuff like that it's kind of cool because we go back to the fact that, you know, we've been best friends since we were little kids. So it's kind of interesting to hear that like agents are telling beat writers about us at the NFL combine, um, you know, stuff like that is pretty interesting, but it, I, we doubt it'll ever take off anything more than that. Well, I need you guys to get on ESPN so I can say, Oh, back in the day before these two were famous, they were on dynasty theory. <laughs> I think I think you guys are going to be famous before us. You know, I, I have to give you a lot of credit. You just started this, uh, what, about a year ago, less than a year ago, I think. And you guys have already built up quite a huge following. And, and really, it's it's well-deserved. You guys are doing a great job with this. Well, thank, thank you. you. I, I appreciate Thanks, that. And I will say I have no shame. I will reach out to anybody anywhere And with that said, I don't know if there's a more tenacious and determined person that I've ever met in my life than Dan LaMagna. You know, we're on the Ross Tucker podcast network, and he even joked when he was on the show, he said Dan would text him and message him and email him and send carrier pigeons. And he's like, man, I'm I'm trying to take a shit right now. Like, that's actually what he said on our show. But Dan is absolutely tenacious. So by adding him to this show, I mean, I'm going to say... Mitch and I were, were great free agent scouts because it was a great acquisition on our part. Hey, teamwork makes the dream work, man. We all compliment each other well there. And how about those Bulldogs, boys? So I, I don't know if anybody's noticing, but on the bottom of the screen here, I've been updating with all the picks. And at number four, the Giants attack the offensive line. They add Mr. Thomas from Georgia. Um, Ray, do you think that's a good pick there? Uh, absolutely. Andrew Thomas has been my number one tackle for, you know, si- again, since the start of the year. And I-, I love Andrew Thomas. I never kind of wavered on him. And I've had him going to the Giants in my mock draft for the past uh, three, four weeks. You know, it just, it made sense to me. I, you know, I had, that's where I had him going because he's, 
tackle number one. And I, I, he could play left side. He could play right side. I think eventually what he the Giants should do is put him at left tackle and move Solder over to right tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but you know, he, Andrew Thomas could start at right tackle tomorrow if they wanted. That's that's it was a very good pick. Mike, for once, did Dave Gettleman get it right? Yeah, I you know I really like Andrew Thomas. I'm with Ray on this. He was a little bit underrated in the media. I still, you know, in an ideal world, would have been great to see them trade down a little bit. I have a hard time believing that nobody wanted their choice of the two quarterbacks at four. You know, even if you drop down maybe to eight or nine and and pick a third round pick, you know, third round pick is still valuable. Um, But, you know, you can't complain with the pick. I I, I think it's actually have a good offensive line. Giants chairs really like it. Get impressive there. If this team could just stay healthy and Danny Dimes takes that next jump, I mean, Nate Solder, big tackle Thomas now. You got nasty Will Hernandez in the middle there. You got the receivers, the tight end. You got Barkley. I mean, that's a lot of weapons compiling there. I did see them. They like Cesar Ruiz. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to move up back into the first round to take him to complete that offensive line. Well, take you, you, my kind of, you kind of just stole my question, Ray, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask Sorry. it anyway to you and Sorry. Mike. <laughs> no, no, you're good. So, you know, we have eight minutes left here and you two have been, you know, once you got the sound figured out, you two have been absolutely fantastic. And we wanted you two to lead off the show because you do bring that different perspective of the actual NFL. And, you know, we live in this fantasy bubble, you know, we all do it. And we, the, the best examples last year with Butler and Harmon, but what would, let, let make a, a crazy prediction here for the rest of round one before you two sign off. What's something that you think could happen where fantasy people are just like, what the hell did we just see? I think we could see Jordan Love go a lot higher than anyone's expecting. I don't like Jordan Love, I but I think that teams are going to fall in love with the intangibles. I could see him going, I think what's a good fit is the Chargers. I don't know that they'll take him at six, but that that would be I, I could see him going a lot higher than people realize and i guess for me i you know these these next two picks right here if one of them is not a quarterback you know mm-hmm. i you would expect Tua and herbert in some order at five and six but if one of those guys is still there when carolina gets on the clock we could see one of those guys end up in a spot that you know nobody really projected Whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy, Mike. Listen, I just got done saying that you guys have been fantastic guests and you're trying to blow up my Teddy shares like that. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying Carolina, but you know, I'm wondering, could the Raiders draft a quarterback? Don't blow up my Derek Carr shares either. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Easy, easy. God, I, you, you, you think, you know, a guy and then he starts dropping bombs like this on you. Derek Carr (laughs) hates always good. I, I know a lot of people dislike, him, but you know, yeah. Like, and I, you know, I, I talk to my wife all the time about football and fantasy and I, she doesn't really care. And it's funny because she was actually in a fantasy league before she met me. And she said that once she met me and all the leagues I was in, I kind of ruined the fun for her. So she quit playing fantasy, but uh, I, I talked about that. She watched the movie draft day with me and I, I try to talk about different situations. And I said, one of the biggest things that could blow up this draft is one of the quarterbacks not going as early as we think. And, Mike, it's a, it's a fantastic point because if the Dolphins or Chargers don't take a quarterback here, 
it shakes this whole thing upside down. Yeah, well, and you know, I, I don't want to spoil anything for you guys, but the Dolphins pick is in. And they took Tua. Uh, who is it? Tell us. Tua. There it is. There's Tua. Tank for Tua. Right? It was meant to be. Told now, you. That was my call before. Good for them. All right, so we have five, we have five minutes for – Oh, I, I so the line the line on the uh, DraftKings mm-hmm. sports book was five and a half. I took the under. I said over. That's so, right, Mitch. I owe you something. I owe you something. <laughs> um, all right. So I asked the question for Joe Burrow. Yeah, Ray, do you have Tua still? You know, where do you have him in Superflex rookie in drafts right now? Superflex. Let, let let's say twelve teams. Twelve, 12 teams. teams. Superflex rookie draft. He'd be uh, probably one hundred two, one hundred three. I I I like Tua. I I mean. I might be in the minority. Me and Mike talked about this, uh, you know, Mike, I don't remember, it was like two weeks ago, and Mike w- was just posing the question, like, how far could Tua fall if he does fall? And I said, I don't see any way possible he gets past six, really. I, I just, you know, I, I think Tua is a, a dynamic, he, you know, it's not a great comparison, but I, I think the best comparison for him is Steve Young. Now, when you talked about it, you said it was two weeks ago. Was it two weeks ago or two a weeks ago? <laughs> two a weeks ago. That's right. <laughs> okay. So anybody that has the over under of two and a half for bad puns by me, we're about to hit the over real soon. Yeah. They <laughs> should have been a lot higher on that one. <laughs> Earlier, I said that a team that was looking for Jalen Hurts, their offense was probably Hurtsing for production. <laughs> we didn't need that repeated, man. We're good. Oh, probably, there's new Ooh. listeners in here. They need to hear this. <laughs> you know, um, that Jalen Hurts is a good one right there. That's another guy. In Superflex rookie drafts, he's going to get taken a lot higher than he deserves to go. He's going to be a career backup. Wow, that is – you saved the bomb for three minutes. I like it. Because, you know, Ray, he's a Twitter darling. We strongly considered leaving him out of our top 100. We wow. really did. Yeah, I, and I don't know. You hear things from NFL.com. He could possibly – Go in the first round, which to me, I, I really don't understand that at all. Um, I'm still not. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he ended up in the fourth round. You know, quarterbacks are weird. You know, sometimes, sometimes they kind of go into free fall. I'm not even a Jalen Hurts fan, but if he goes in the fourth round, his stock will plummet, especially in a lot of the drafts that we've done where rookies were included. So guys, this hour absolutely flew and the the insight that you bring it's it's absolutely incredible. So Mike Ray, thank you very much. Tell our listeners whatever you want, you know, where to find you, stuff you're working on, brag about yourself some more cuz I love it. Uh you know, we're just at we're nflroughdraft.com. Um every year we have our top 100 board get scored by the Huddle Report. Um and you know, we're, we're also pretty avid fantasy football players, so you can find us in basically every single league that exists because I think, you know, we're probably in like 60 leagues at this point. Um, thank <laughs> you guys very much for having us on. You know, you guys are doing a great job, like I said, and, you know, I hope you guys have fun with the rest of the night. Well, we'll we, uh... see. If, if I have too much vodka, I'll let you know, you know how the night goes, but – you know, again, thank you. And we're going to have you on next year. So be ready, but 
get some damn video for next year. Come on. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds we're, good. We're, we're too ugly for uh, for video. That's why we're radio voices over here. Guys, look at me. <laughs> Come on. You can beat this. Come on. Well, again, thank you so much. So Yeah, you know. thanks, guys. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Pleasure having you guys on. You guys, are the, you guys are the best. Thank you very much. Thanks, thanks. Ray. Thanks, Mike. Have a great night, Jen. You Take too. care, good guys. Luck.